This episode of Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks is brought to you by Gigabyte Motherboards and Graphics Cards. Gigabyte has promised us some next-level products to be unveiled at Computex 2019, so stay tuned to hothardware.com for future coverage. In this episode of Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks, we'll have Icy Lakes, Amazing Odysseys, we'll be rising up 3K, we'll have otherworldly laptops, Snappy Dragons, and Perky Pixels. Next. Welcome back to yet another fine episode of Hot Hardware's Two and a Half Geeks. I'm Dave Altavilla, and as always, I am joined by a couple of geeks, a couple of good guy geeks. I've got Marco Cipetta and uh, and and the other guy from Maine. His name is Chris Ayat. How are you guys doing? Chris Getting, how are you doing? Doing good. Good. Start with you. Yes. Yes. More than Still good. Paul or- Lilly. <laughs> he still we'll has the Paul Lilly. We will fix that. <laughs> he still has the Paul Lilly lower third. Nice, nice. I think John's we'll just there. torturing. He's John is just torturing you. He's having fun with you, Chris. Probably. Hey, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Marco. Do you have a Paul Lilly lower third? Do you? I Are doubt you it. I'm actually. I'm, I'm checking out my server now to see if I have the template to make Chris's lower third while we're chatting here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all right. I like torturing him too a little bit, but Chris, we love you. And, and that's Chris getting, and I mean, you know, like a, like a Viking brother, we love you, but, um, he, he doesn't have his own credits right now. We'll have to find him some credits. He's only been on the podcast for forever. Um, but Hey, you know, we won't complain too much. How's it going down in, uh, in Connecticut today, Marco? What's, what's new and exciting for you? Anything? So we are uh, in the midst of a crazy torrential downpour thunderstorm right now. Um, Hopefully everything stays stable for me. And once again, I'm on daddy duty. So there's a possibility of interruptions tonight. A puppy sleeping next to me, two little girls in the next room. But as of this moment, things are good. Can't complain. Puppy, daddy, children, life is good. Yeah. Sounds like you're you're a blessed man. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Chris, are are you blessed? Are you blessed today? Are you feeling mm-hmm. fortunate? Yeah, it's 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 been a good day. I actually got to participate in some special new pilot program training um, by some guys from LSU and and FEMA who came and did some campus active shooter integrated training with us. Um, wow! So did some classroom stuff yesterday where we learned kind of some do's and don't type stuff. And today we actually went through live scenarios on campus in different buildings, different places uh, to see it all in action and actually experience. Uh, I mean, obviously not not the full bloody detail thing like it would be in real life. And, and I really, really hope it never happens again. But in the event that it does, um, this training is actually going to be further developed and brought to campuses across the country. Um, So it has a very important balance, uh, very important role in hopefully saving lives in the future um, by getting more than just the first responders involved. Um, We have different department figures from around the campus so that they can learn as an as an immediate responder how to react in these situations, how they can help out um, even before the police, fire, EMS can arrive. Wow. So, very oh, cool. Day. Holy mackerel. Yeah, heavy kind of heavy duty stuff. And and you're right, it's it's kind of sad we have to have that kind of training, but by the same token, better to be trained. So Chris is actually you work in the IT department of a campus police department correct yes College I, am, I am i am the the campus police system administrator separate from the regular campus it in which in which fine institution again one more time university of maine u of maine, maine orno u of maine. and or ah yes that's right we discussed that before you Maine orno um good stuff well i bet you the guys at u maine orno to switch to a happier subject they probably drink beer and and chris I'm gonna I'm gonna tease our little beer sponsor today before we dig into the tech headlines. This here, well, they're not a sponsor, but I'm enjoying it, so I'm I'm gonna endorse it because I bought myself this beer. <laughs> this is Lord <laughs> Hobo's Lord Hobo's Glorious, and it is a nice 
balanced, uh, not a crazy high alcohol content uh, IPA. Is it a double? Uh, I want to say it's no, it's not quite a double. It's a 6.8 by volume, but is a New England style IPA, citrus and hazy goodness because we've earned it this week, Chris. Cheers to you. I know Very you don't nice have one today. Yeah, you don't, you're not you're not you're not participating today, huh? Not today, no. I've got to be up early for a unrelated training tomorrow. So, busy busy week. They don't want you drinking beer in the campus police department. The, the college kids do, but you can't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, probably not on duty, but <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed the college kids do. Marco, do you drink beer on duty? Um, I I, re- I actually like never drink beer. I, I've never taken a beer, had a sip, and said, mm, "That's good." I just I just don't like beer. Wow, wow! I know. I'll submit my man card now. It is what it is. I have my my tasty uh, my tasty water as usual. There you go. Hey, that's you know it's good for your uh, everything for all the things in your body. Yes, <laughs> that that their water. Good, good. Well, hey, we're we're all hydrated and um, you know libated and beautiful. Let's uh, let's move on to the tech headlines, shall we? That's what we're here for, and uh, we'll stop the idle chit chatter. By the way, if you're in the uh, chat, please please fire away with questions. We'd love to have them. And uh, but let's let's dive into man an absolute plethora uh, assortment of technical wonder this week, and we're just it's firing like a big on event is happening. Yeah, go figure. Computex in Taiwan, where where we are not, by the way, which is kind of nice. Um, and I say that only because for us here on the East Coast, Marco, Chris, and I, we're all north northeasters, nor'easters. Uh, it's like twenty four hours to Asia, and I don't know about you, Marco, but man, and Chris, how do you handle with like a I don't know thirteen fifteen hour flight and then another six hour leg? And ugh, I we'll cringe see, at the maybe. Thought. Maybe next year, Brittany and I will uh, volunteer to go. Hey, look at that that overlay. Hey. Oh, wow. Did you already fire that? Yeah, I didn't didn't save it high enough quality. I'll send you a better one in a couple of minutes. (laughs) I don't know. Look, that looked pretty good, man. Look pretty good. I am now a man with a name. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Chris, you're, you're a made man now. Yes, with an overlay. Beautiful. Lower third. All right. So, yeah, Computex is going on in Taiwan. We're not there, but we're here to run down the headlines. And God knows it's kind of nice being able to cover it, having the time to cover it. We, we go to CES. We go to all the shows, but we, do, we did not go to Computex this year. Um, but let's talk about Intel, who has had uh, some serious announcement this week. announcements Excuse me, this week. Uh, Intel's 10 nanometer Ice Lake architecture and Project Athena laptops to drive exciting new mobile PC experiences. Marco spent some quality time with the good folks at Intel. I am wearing my Intel Odyssey shirt, by the way. This is uh, vintage stuff. Um, the graphics, the new graphics group, the Odyssey uh, that they're on, uh, had these shirts going out at an event one time. Anyways, Marco, tell us about Ice Lake and Project Athena and you were you were hanging out with some high-ranking individuals too, huh? I was, and if you want to talk vintage shirts, this is an Intel That's pretty vintage. softball tee. I don't even know what year this was. It has to be like ten years old. I, I don't throw clothes away, um, but yes, I I well, we finally have more details to share on Ice Lake as a platform and on Project Athena in terms of what uh, what the what the initial spec calls for and what Intel's goals are with this program. So first, let's talk about some of the new stuff that we now know about Ice Lake. So as a platform and as a processor, as an SOC, lots of new stuff coming with us, Ice Lake. If you're unfamiliar, this is Intel's 10 nanometer, um, the first wave of 10 nanometer processors that are due to ship very soon. Um, the processors themselves are based, the processor cores are based on the Sunny Cove microarchitecture. We told you about Sunny Cove back in December during Architecture Day, but now we have more product details on the first wave of ice lakes that are going to hit. So let me just get some basic stuff out of the way and you'll understand why, well, if you're a nerd like us, you'll understand why this is kind of a big deal. So ice lake like is, is the, the next foundational architecture for Intel. Now, what that means is like Haswell was the foundation for a few generations and then eventually went up and down the stack. Skylake came next. 
And that went up and down the stack, you know, all the way from the high end down to low power processors. And now Ice Lake is the next foundational architecture. But what Intel has done here is not only make the CPU itself, you know, basically, you know, wider and faster and more efficient, but it's added some new instructions. And in aggregate, it's a much faster, more efficient platform that will, you know, usher in a totally new wave of mobile devices that are are faster and offer, you know, really good battery life. So Ice Lake versus Skylake. I'm going to run down some quick basic specs that'll help you understand why it's faster and more efficient. So first, L1 data cache has been doubled. Uh, not doubled. It's, it's like 50% more, up to 48K. L2 cache has been doubled. The L2... Uh, tran Oh my God, I am must mumbling like a slob today. The, okay. the L2 TLB is uh, is like 30% bigger, uh, 248 um, slots there. The UOP cache is 2.25 versus 1.5K in Skylake. The out of order window, much bigger, 352 versus 224. Um, in-flight loads, 128 on Ice Lake versus 72 on Skylake. And in-flight stores, 72 on Ice Lake and 56 on Skylake. Now you also have new DL boost uh, instructions for accelerating AI and machine learning workloads. Um, and integrated into the platform, you have Wi-Fi 6 gig plus. So, you know, greater than gigabit, gigabit speeds Wi-Fi 6. You have integrated Thunderbolt 3. It's no longer a separate ASIC to get Thunderbolt 3 on a mobile device. You have a completely revamped memory controller that can be configured with LPDDR4X or regular DDR4 in different configurations. You know, some will offer more bandwidth than, than another. So LPDDR4X running at 3733 is upwards of 50 to 60 gigabytes per second of bandwidth. That's a huge upgrade, which is important for graphics and Ice Lake also has Gen 11 graphics. So the, the latest generation of Intel's um, EUs, the execution units for the graphics engine up to 64 EUs at up to 1.1 gigahertz. And in conjunction with that additional memory bandwidth, you get a integrated GPU that's capable of 1080p gaming with some you know, mainstream and esports titles. So all told, basically an upgrade across the board you have the power savings from 10 nanometer plus architect architectural updates that make the, uh, the architecture more efficient. You have all of these new um, features that accelerate IPC and overall performance. I should mention that um, according to Intel, the average IPC upgrade, so instructions per clock is 18% better than Skylake. But with machine, machine learning workloads, it can be up to 40% uh, faster, which is a huge upgrade. Um, all told, you know, we, we don't have hardware yet, but all told, Ice Lake should make the, for an awesome foundation for new notebooks. Sweet. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, next level stuff, as they say, for uh, for Intel. Um, and, and truly, as you noted, the foundation for, you know, the next generation of, of uh, core series processors, whether it be notebook or desktop down the road, but starting out with the mobile platforms. Cool stuff. 18% general 18% gain in IPC is pretty significant. And what's yeah. interesting about that is, and we're going to get to Ryzen 3000, AMD's Ryzen 3000 Zen 2 processor launch later in the cast. But what's interesting there is AMD came out and said, hey, um, you know, Ryzen 3000 Zen 2, we are now IPC performance parity with Intel instructions per clock uh, parity with Intel uh, current generation. Now, not, I assume that was not uh, parity with, uh, with Ice Lake. So this will be interesting to see. Certainly it's notebooks initially, and we know that Intel has already said shipping sometime uh, in June, we will have, you know, product in market from various OEMs. Um, sometime this summer, I think we're going to start seeing some some shipments in June. I've already seen some laptops from from some of the majors like Dell uh, and a few others in the flash running tenth uh, tenth gen um, uh, Intel Core series processors under the hood, um, and they looked like finished product, like ready to roll. Um, so great stuff. I also noticed, um, you know, so we so we've got an IPC kicker here. We've got four cores, eight threads, and the average. Uh, laptop note um, or notebook uh, processor. Um, 
I also noticed integrated Thunderbolt 3, huh? So now you can, you're going to have better flexibility with Thunderbolt ports uh, because yeah. of that? Or what does that bring to the yes. table? So, yeah, I should probably mention um, the actual processors for a second because I, I skipped it before. So there, there will be Core i3, Core i5, and Core i7 Ice Lake-based processors up to quad cores, eight threads, and ranging from nine watts to 28 watts. Um so basically, you know, the, the, the U and Y series Intel mobile processors are all going to be updated with Ice Lake. But to answer your question about Thunderbolt 3, this, this is actually some, some really cool stuff. So, you know, on current platforms, there's a, a separate ASIC for enabling Thunderbolt 3. And the ASICs, you know, it, it adds some cost and it adds some complexity when laying it down on a motherboard, which is why you see lots of notebooks with Thunderbolt 3 only have those ports on one side. Right. So with Ice Lake, the Thunderbolt 3 is integrated into the SOC. So all that you need, well, I don't want to trivialize the implementation, but it's easier. You don't, you no longer need the ASIC, but there's, you just need to use some basic retimers to connect the Thunderbolt 3 out to the USB type C ports that are out. And now with the way it can be routed with it integrated, you'll probably see designs with Thunderbolt on both sides. So in aggregate, still up to four ports, right? You're not gonna get more ports um, out of Ice Lake, but to actually route it on the boards, it's easier, it's lower power because it's more tightly coupled to the CPU, performance is better. Uh, Intel has actually said that, you know, it, it hasn't been qualified, so they're not making any specific claims, but it will likely be USB 4 compliant um, once all the testing is done. So yeah, you know, uh, Thunderbolt will eventually just be ubiquitous in notebooks now with Ice Lake. Makes sense, makes sense. And you know, that's, that's actually a pretty compelling feature. And you would think, oh, it's, you know, it's just an IO option. It's, it's sort of trivial, but there were a lot of notebooks, uh, a lot of notebooks manufactured, especially in the early days of, of Thunderbolt, where you were getting, you know, you were getting ports there, but you weren't getting full bandwidth, you know, what is it, 40 mm -hmm. gigabits per second or something like that. You weren't getting full bandwidth, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and there was, you know, additional cost added. So now that it's integrated onto the chip, you're talking about reducing the cost of the bill of materials, uh, where it's where it's monolithic in in CPU silicon now, so it's a it's kind of a big deal. I was a little bit surprised to see that we didn't see some next generation um, uh, serial I/O uh, upgrades, PCI Express four for Ice Lake, um, but then again, you know, I guess in notebook form factor, perhaps you don't need that that level of internal bandwidth. Uh, as much as you do with, let's say, a, a desktop product. So we'll have to see what comes down the road. And Marco, I'm sure you probably have been tipped on uh, a little bit of that kind of stuff, future stuff under embargo or something like that. But yeah, any any thoughts on the current lack of PCI Express four? Or uh... I mean, it, it it won't it won't matter in notebooks in terms of. of of graphics where it would though is you know all these new uh pcie 4 ssds that have been announced the last couple of days you know with up to right. five gigabytes per second transfers and it, although no one has specifically said it um because of the faster transfer rate on pcie 4 and likely because the new controllers have faster internal pathways latency will also probably be better unless there's something funky with the designs so mm could be a huge upgrade for storage um, when the time comes, yeah. we'll see. But you know, what yeah. Intel did talk about, um, they revealed some details on, on, so Project Athena was, you know, announced back at CES. And a few weeks back, they announced a Project Athena Labs where Intel will help their partners, you know, qualify all of the components and systems um, that may fall under the Project Athena umbrella. But now we also know what the initial spec for the first year. Now, the Project Athena spec is going to change yearly. It's going to have an annual spec update. And so it's tough to get excited initially about these things, but I, I want you guys to to go back to the Ultrabook, you know, initiative. <laughs> when Intel announced Ultrabooks, we had a lot of crappy notebooks out there. We had the whole netbook thing going on that almost you know, brought down the mobile PC industry. It was so bad. And we had lots of crappy notebooks. And then Intel announced this Ultrabook initiative. Um, 
Intel Capital actually announced it, and they were investing in partners that were innovating in the space, and you know, set set a spec and kind of pushed the industry forward. And now today, we have some awesome, beautiful premium notebooks. Now, Intel hopes Project Athena has a similar impact years down the line. This is years down the line. This is a multi-year effort, but for now, what the goals are with the initial spec for Project Athena. Um, I'm just going to read them off. I'm going to read the pillars off Intel's slide just so I don't screw anything up. So ready to go before you are. So machines have to, you know, wake from sleep and have connected standby. So you're not waiting for you know, the network to connect. You can get on as soon as you open the lid. You know, everything's just faster and responsive. And then performance and responsiveness, at least a Core i5 or Core i7 with 8 gigs of RAM and 256 gig NVMe mm. storage. Um, something called adaptive intelligence. Um, so you need to have far field mics for voice control, um, support for uh, Windows ML, the machine learning language and, and other uh, APIs. Um, a worry-free day of battery life. So what does that mean? So that means 16 plus hours of local video playback, that's massive, or nine plus hours of real web browsing. And the machines need to charge um, for four hours of battery life in less than 30 minutes, so fast charging. Um, always, so always fast, reliably connected. That's just I.O. stuff. So Thunderbolt 3, that's going to be part of the platform. Uh, Wi-Fi 6, Gig Plus, that's also integrated into the PCH. Um, it's part of the Ice Lake platform as well. Um, gigabyte LTE option. And then, you know, form factor and uh, interaction updates. So has to be premium touchpads, thin bezels on three sides of the display, backlit keyboards, uh, stylus support, touch support. Um, so basically setting the stage for premium machines with awesome battery life. And it, now all of this stuff has to be tested and qualified and verified before something will, you know, be, you know, authorized as Project Athena. So everyone's got their work cut out for them, but machines will arrive this this holiday season that are Project Athena compliant. So we're going to have some awesome battery life and nice machines coming this holiday. Cool. Cool. Yeah, no, good stuff. I think it makes sense when you've got, uh, you know, a, a new uh, complement, a new wealth of technology to uh, to productize around that, that literally changes um, the game, so to speak, that enables use cases and applications that, uh, weren't uh, historically enabled uh, because of new capability, because of new performance. Chris, what are your what are your thoughts on Ice Lake? And then we'll uh, we'll ping you next on uh, on the graphics side of Ice Lake too, because uh, there's some new stuff there. But what what are your thoughts on the platform side? Well, it's nice to see 10 nanometer finally developed for Intel. So that's very promising. Um, I do think it's interesting that they're starting with the push on the, the mobile side so hard, um, especially uh, because there have been so many concerns about the yield and stuff of 10 nanometer. There tend to be smaller chips, a little easier to produce. Sorry about the background noise, if you can hear it. Um, yeah, maybe Sorry. not easier to produce, but... Uh, yeah. Sorry, lost my words there. Um, <laughs> But anyways, on 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 the the graphics side, anyways, if you want me to go there yet, go for it. Um, so we've seen some some numbers put out now, uh, comparing the Ice Lake U integrated graphics to Ryzen seven thirty seven hundred U integrated graphics, as well as the eighth gen um, Core i seven eighty five sixty five U's integrated graphics. Um, so so what we're seeing relative to the eighth gen Core i seven is a pretty massive uplift um, pretty much across all titles tested um, as much as double the performance, um, which is awesome. We, we love seeing that, um, just making casual gaming that much more accessible to more users. So that's very positive. And that's, that's using their 15 watt Ice Lake U um, mystery chip, I guess, at this point. Do we know which chip that is yet? I don't. I don't uh, well, I think I think it's safe to assume that this is basically the um, the product that Marco covered in in the original uh, original launch, which is a quad core processor, quad core eight thread mm -hmm. uh, notebook chip, and so Gen Eleven graphics in general is is the new IGP in in Ice Lake. Um, I think we can right. assume it's 
And we've got some numbers here from 15-watt as well as 25-watt SKUs. I think the average Ultrabook or Project Athena Ultrabook right. that Marco talked about is probably a 15-watt SKU. So those performance right. numbers, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so so that was the 15-watt compared to the 8565U um, Core i7. Then down on the 25-watt side, they compare it to the Ryzen 7 3700U, which is also a 25-watt chip. And there we're seeing that it's it's edging out the Ryzen uh, chip with its Vega integrated GPU on there. So, I mean, we already knew that the, the Vega integrated GPU was a powerhouse as far as integrated graphics go. So to see Intel finally seemingly stepping up their integrated graphics with these Gen 11 Ice Lake SKUs um, is very promising. Now, it doesn't take the, the Vega down across all titles. Um, Dirt Rally and in 3D Mark Night Raid, it does fall slightly behind, but then it's faster in, in Skydiver, it's faster in Firestrike, and it's you know it's faster across all the other game titles tested. Um, so it is a very promising look to Intel's integrated graphics. Um, always happy to see that because if you don't need a discrete GPU in your Ultrabook, that cuts down on heat. It's going to save you battery life generally because uh, they tend to be more efficient than a discrete chip. Not always, but depends on the setup. Um, and so I, I, yeah. I don't see what's not to like about that. Yeah, yeah, no, good stuff for sure. And, and it's interesting, John, I don't know. I just dropped a couple of links in the uh, in our our chat, our broadcast chat here. Um, <clears throat> you, you noted two two metrics actually. There's a 15 watt performance metric that that Gen 9 versus Gen 11 uh, could uh, could show, and it's it's impressive. Yeah, you you actually see in some game titles 1.8 to 2x performance. But what I really liked, <clears throat> John, I don't know if you can get that. Take take a look in the chat. I don't know if you can get that chart up on the on the screen. But what I really liked was the fact that Intel is highlighting AAA titles, big, high-volume, Battle Royale-type stuff that um, you know is popular out there these days. You've got Fortnite. You've got Overwatch. Uh, Rocket League's out there. Um, these are all very popular titles. CSGO is out there. You know, These are not high-end graphics titles, but they're popular titles that are played by a lot right. of gamers. And yeah, the, and the the performance numbers versus previous gen versus eighth gen Core i seven with um, uh, Gen nine uh, HD six twenty graphics, if you will, um, it's actually you know significantly faster. And then when you look at the twenty five watt SKU, um, <clears throat> John says neither work. Oh well, um, John, if you if you scroll down the the main article page and just hit one of those. Uh, Hit one of those uh, images, um, bar, bar chart images. You'd be able to see it. But anyways, um, the the twenty five watt SKU versus AMD, it it also edges it out by as much as there you go. There's the twenty five watt SKU there <clears throat> by as much as ten or twelve percent loses in three mark. You know, a couple of the uh, dirt rally, which is you know sort of nebulous stuff. But again, Fortnite, Overwatch, Rainbow Six, Rocket League big AAA titles, <clears throat> it is beating AMD integrated graphics in the 25 watt. Now, again, Ultrabooks generally focus on 15 watt solutions. This is 25 watt, it's a, it's a higher end machine. It's a more full featured laptop, five pound plus kind of machine. And yeah, you're, what we used to say was, you know, AMD with, with Ryzen, everybody was excited for AMD with, with Ryzen coming to, to laptops. And because of their integrated graphics prowess, that, that Vega 10 IGP that's included in, in Ryzen 7 3700 series processors, for example, that's a strong IGP. Now, Intel is actually one-upping them, and uh, we'll have to see what, certainly what next generation Zen 2 mm -hmm. with um, Navi integrated graphics looks like. But right now, in terms of what's on the market and what's going to ship in Ice Lake soon, Looks like Intel's got them beat, and that's uh, and two. That's a lot of. What's that? Well, this is all going to be dependent on the particular notebook form factor, their thermal solution. There, there's a lot of other variables that yeah. are going to go into this, so it is going to need independent testing. 
um, and on, on a per model basis. But yeah, again, that we can even even see Intel performing at this level is promising. I also wish that they would show the individual game frame rates. They show the resolution and the uh, graphics preset, whether it's low or medium, what have you. Um, yeah. So they, they have the relative frame rates to each other, and I guess you right. could extrapolate that if you knew the other chips targeted that at those settings. Um, but it's always nice to see the actual frame rate so you can know if you're hitting a playable 60 FPS or if it's still in the 20 FPS, not really doing too much for your range. Yeah, you, you, make, it, you make a good point here, and this is the, the caveat that we need to underscore for anything that you see that is generated from the manufacturer. It is not independent third-party tested. It is, these are numbers that Intel is quoting. And so you take those for face value and perhaps with a grain of salt flavor, um, because, <laughs> you know, it needs to be third-party validated and tested. And that's what that's what we do best by gum at Hot Hardware. So, you know, we're on that. But um, yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Chris, for that, for that, uh, Little breakout on uh, Gen 11 graphics from Intel. We have a we have a question in the chat from Craig Dieter who says, and this one's probably for Marco. Am I understanding correctly that Intel has beefed up the front end uh, verse, uh, of Skylake based on the architecture increases you talked about? It sounds like he's saying has Intel beefed up Ice Lake's front end versus Skylake? I think that's the question, Marco. What do you think there? Yes. So Intel actually said in, in my briefing that every single piece of IP in the chip has been touched and upgraded, um, including, you know, a better prefetcher and all of that larger cache can handle, you know, more uh, instructions in flight. It, basically, everything about Ice Lake um, is upgraded over Skylake. And as I mentioned, that 18% IPC update, that's a big deal. Now, it seems like that's a lot generation over generation, but remember, you know, kind of kind of missed one in between there and 10, 10 nanometers late. So Intel's had a long time here, but still with that, um, you know, with the new instructions in conjunction with just architectural updates should be a major improvement across the board. Really looking forward to testing it out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ice Lake uh, from Intel with Gen 11 graphics. I'm, I'm interested in seeing Gen 11 graphics. And, and certainly the other thing that's interesting about Intel is their, the attitude uh, that they've taken towards uh, really pulling in community involvement to help um, improve and enhance their, their product solutions on the software side as well. And we'll talk about that a little bit next. But before we move on, Chris, anything else to add on the graphics side, or is, is that pretty much say it all? Have, did we uh, uh, did we touch upon the highlights for you? <laughs> yeah, I think we've covered it. Um, the only other thing was uh, Intel's VRS feature test um, results for 3D Mark. Um, so VRS is the variable rate shading, uh, uh. which can kind of <laughs> let. The, the GPU cheat a little bit to to improve performance by obviously varying the, the rate of shading on there. Um, so we see that with VRS disabled, um, it again, with the 25 watt SKUs, it is coming just behind the, the Ryzen 7, is about 0.94x times the performance, so just a little under. Um, but when they enable the VRS, then it takes a 1.32x lead. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's interesting uh, to note. And it's a good segue, actually, for something I'll talk about as well. VRS stands for variable rate shading. And that is a, a next generation uh, shading technique that Intel has adopted support, support for in Gen 11 graphics. Um, it's something that NVIDIA also supports um, in its Turing family of GPU architectures. Um, so it's it's next generation um, rendering technology that allows uh, the game developer to utilize shaders more efficiently in a scene. So, for example, when you're when you're you know I don't know let's let's use a, a car simulator um, game engine for example when you're when you're in the you know the car uh, engine game engine and you're looking on the horizon. 
you need less detail, you need less shader computation on the horizon area of the scene than you do close to the car where, you know, the car's being rendered in the frame and in detail that's closer to your eyes and certainly things that are closer to your periphery as well as you're driving in the vehicle down the road again and on the off in the periphery further out in 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 the area around you you can shade less because you just don't need that detail um it's moving as well uh, as as objects are moving past they need less detail because they're blurred um by motion blur so you can use variable rate shading or vrs to minimize the workload unnecessary unnecessary workload and thus improve frame rate as well. So yeah, that's that's what happens there with, uh, in that test, the, the 3DMark VRS feature test, um, and Intel uh, does scale nicely there. I don't believe currently, at least with Vega, a matter of fact, I'm certain, they don't support variable rate shading. We don't know, or what do we know about Navi? I don't think we know much whether or not that supports variable rate shading. You would think it would, but it's not here yet, so we don't know. Marco, do you have any G2 on that? Or is that like scuttlebutt at this point? I don't think we've been briefed. <laughs> That's an yeah, interesting question. We have to wait to talk about Navi stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just leave it at that. So yeah, so so it's cool. But but let's let's move on to the uh to the next segment that I'll talk about. So there's there's variable rate shading and and I guess you know that's sort of the bottom line is Intel's um even their IGP in Ice Lake, which is here and now shows significant advancement in graphics technology versus the Intel Gen 9 of old. And so, um, and that sort of tees us up to the to the next segment. Intel Odyssey futuristic 2035 GPU collection is totally wild. Driver advancements and game updates released. John, I don't know if you can cut to that so the folks can see what, what wild looks like. There it is. That's actually a picture of a of a futuristic Intel graphics card as imagined by Cristiano. Oh, I'm trying to think of this guy's last name. I have to find his last name. Anyways, Cristiano Sequeira is his name, if I'm saying that correctly, is a, a designer that Intel has been working with. And John, I don't know if you can scroll down the page and we'll take a look at some of these other designs, but Intel basically challenged this guy to, you know, they, they brought him in initially on the first round of, um, of, design renders uh concept renders if you will for their for the intel odyssey the 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 trip that they're taking everybody on uh their the community on the enthusiast community on to uh you know as they define their graphics uh discrete graphics products and uh features and solutions down the road and they brought this designer in and initially he he came out with these pretty standard looking you know metallic you know standard form factor cards looked kind of edgy looked kind of cool but Nothing like this. This time around, as you can see, this is some next level stuff. And they said to to uh, Cristiano, they said, hey, just go design something. Don't think about materials. Don't think about physics. Don't think about technology that's available today. Design something that is, you know, in, in your opinion, the, the GPU of 2035. So, 15 years down the road what are we what are we looking at 15 years plus down the road what 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 is a gpu going to look like what what are the qualities what are the materials the textures the 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 effects that that will be on it and it's it was an interesting exercise it, some might think oh it's just marketing it's fluff and all that stuff but i'm actually i differ with that because it's actually a practice that technology companies and and other companies in different fields employ um fairly effectively to inspire design to inspire creativity and to inspire um new things uh to 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 bring forth in a in a product that you know it, it yeah sure it's futuristic it's science fiction but guess what science fiction is tomorrow's reality and especially when it comes to tech so that was the premise they they gave this guy and they said go go design these things and John, keep keep throwing them up on screen when you get a chance. But they're really cool, and it, it really just it really just sort of puts a vision stake in the sand. That's an interesting one. It's it's a steampunk uh, mo motif, if you will. I think that's probably the least least futuristic, but also kind of cool. Um, there's some other ones in there that are that are that are interesting as well. 
This one's my favorite. It's called Gemini. There you go, John. If you could scroll up to the to the front of that card, this is one that and, and you know the the card at the very top of the piece looks more like a traditional graphics card, but this card right here, Gemini, has a concept on it that is plausible and also very futuristic. This is what you're looking at. There are what what uh, Cristiano rendered as ionic cooling chambers. So ionic propulsion has been uh, developed. Uh, Dyson has some uh, air circulators. You can't even call them fans because they're not blades, but they circulate air through the room with ionic uh, conduction, if I'm saying that correct. And then there's also a, uh, been some MIT uh, students and researchers actually developed ionic propulsion for the first plane. It's a very light glider that flies. They actually had it fly indoors. Um, and so it's it's a feasible product for air movement. And you would think, you know, this is kind of wild, kind of futuristic, but also maybe plausible. Do you want to have a quiet graphics card, a, a power efficient graphics card in the future that's maybe ionically cooled? I don't know. But it's something that um, you know, Intel sort of challenged this designer, this talented designer with said, you know, just think out of the box, go nuts. What can you show us? And, um, and it allows them to sort of project, you know, a direction that they're going in the future. Not necessarily. They didn't, Intel said, we're not committing to any of these, obviously, as design form factors or features or anything like that, but it just inspires things. And actually I've, I've talked with other companies like Dell, for example, when you look at their new line of Alienware laptops, we'll be talking about those in a little bit later in the cast as well. They actually had a very similar process, an internal process. They didn't go to a, an external guy like this designer um, or to the community for feedback. They, they, I think they brought their own designers in, but they, in the legend design signature for the new line of Alienware uh, M15 and M17 laptops, and then the... Um, Alienware Area 51M big boy gaming laptop that I reviewed. They actually had, if I, they took me to their uh, design and inspiration lab, innovation lab, excuse me. And they actually had up on the wall, all of these stencils and all these textures and materials and different like spacecraft designs and all this stuff that they just put up there and brainstormed with to sort of inspire the, the design process to do something different. And, Lo and behold, what they came up with was this very spacecraft looking rear cooling vent system that's actually quite efficient, a honeycomb grill on it that uh, buffets air, um, you know, differently and more efficiently um, and really kind of kind of cool the way they came up with that. But a very similar process, you know, do stuff, think about stuff that's way off in science fiction land and see if there's something we can pull from here to to help develop a next generation product. So I thought that was cool um, of Intel to to sort of step out with this and to, and to keep you know driving forward with the community and and, and showing their uh, I guess thought process and leadership that they're trying to invoke uh, with this. I don't, Marco, I don't know what your thoughts are with that. Uh, it, you know, it seems kind of crazy, totally wild for sure. But uh, I mean, you're not you might not buy an ionically cool graphics card, but it's uh, it's a cool concept to consider and see where it takes you, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, sometimes you need to have these wild designs to to spark some creativity, and you know, maybe it it doesn't come to fruition right away. But yeah, you know, it sparks something that can happen in a generation or two, and you know, really spur some innovation. So, but I, I think it was really cool. I, the, the designs look cool at the very least. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, any any thoughts there? Is I, you're a pretty grounded, down to earth guy in Maine, there, pal. Um, this is the kind of thing that I think you might look a little sideways at. What 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 do you think? <laughs> I, I mean, looks absolutely do matter. Um, look at how long we've had heat spreaders on RAM that haven't actually served a functional purpose, just because they look awesome and plain PCBs are boring. So so the the nicer ways you can dress it up is going to instill more consumer confidence. Because two, if if you have the R and D to also throw it at the the physical design of it, as much as you have the the performance of it, it it's it's going to give a more premium kind of psychological reaction to it. And and when you're coming out and creating this new 
this new market within your company for Intel G, you know, dedicated GPUs, you really want to make a statement with that and, and make something that looks like, you know, the customers are going to see it and say, yes, I want that in my computer because it looks freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about it. The bling factor for the average enthusiast, uh, computing enthusiast, gaming enthusiast, what have you, PC gaming enthusiast, um, the bling factor is important. And so there's that too. Um, and I think Intel's on the right track there. I mean, if you're going to do this thing, if you're going to, I mean, they've, they've turned their sites full gun on discrete graphics and graphics in general um, with not only their executive hires, the, the high-end horsepower from Roger Kudori to Chris Hook to Jim Keller to, I mean, you can just go on and on and on. Um, the people that they've brought in to make this thing real. Um, Ari Rausch, by the way, I spoke with him uh, about this, about this launch uh, in a little call uh, out, out of Computex. We had a conference call. Uh, also, Lisa Pierce, the, oh, geez, I'm going to forget her official title, but she's uh, general manager, I believe, of software engineering for the driver team. These people are <clears throat> very talented and um, pretty pretty smart, and um, th I think they're going about it right. Where they're, they're pulling the community to, you know, get feedback, to bounce ideas off of, to 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 give their vision, to show their vision early, so that the community can give feedback and and help guide, as well as their own internal talented, smart folks to to bring it together as well. And so I think it's I think it makes sense. They also released today a driver that you can download uh, from the Microsoft Store. Uh, the new Intel Graphics Command Center has been launched. And in that driver package, Marco stepped through this a little bit in the Ice Lake la uh, launch piece. In that driver package, I don't think we have a, a link to it, but <clears throat> maybe I'll drop it into the uh, into the chat. Um, there's a bunch of new features. So you've got things like um, fan fan and cooling and power profile optimizations. You've got custom skins to, to customize the look and feel of the driver. Uh, and then you've also also have one uh, one click optimizations uh, built in as well. So the the driver now intelligently scans your computer to look for the game titles you have on your machine. And then with one click, we'll optimize for the GPU that's in your machine. And I think it, I'm not sure how many generations back it's compatible with, but Gen 9 at least, and probably more. And uh, certainly for Gen 11 graphics, when Ice Lake comes out, it will detect the IGP. Um, in this case, the IGP these days, and in the future, it will detect the discrete GPU. And it will optimize the game, the in-game settings automatically for you to provide the most optimal experience, both visually and frame rate wise. So pretty good stuff. And again, this was all stuff that um, was feedback. The other thing it has uh, built in is simple, thoughtful stuff that again was feedback from the community that, that people had asked for that uh, Intel did it actually a Reddit AMA, ask them anything or ask me anything or ask you anything. AYA is what they did. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Anyways. They uh, they asked the community a bunch of questions and got some feedback. And one of the things they came up with was, hey, we've got all these settings. Why not have a little glossary, you know, hint on what the setting is and what it does and what it means? So VSync, what it, what does it do and, and describe it in detail? And so it uh, it's definitely, um, you know, a, a good day for, uh, for Intel. They're doing the right things. And uh, this new driver drop is sort of evidence of that as well. So uh, let's uh, let's move on finally from uh, the folks at uh, Intel, and let's get uh, let's get wrapping up a little bit more on this cast because we've we've really uh, stayed on the Intel bandwagon for a while. Let's move on to AMD, and uh, then we'll circle back to a couple other things as well. Um, but let's talk about uh, AMD unveils Ryzen three thousand CPUs, twelve core at four hundred and ninety nine dollars IPC parity with Intel, at least the current generation. Navi ahead of RTX 2070. That's the graphics chip, next generation GPU from AMD. Marco, you've been talking with the good folks at AMD as well. What do you know? <laughs> so uh, Dr. Lisa Sue really killed it at Computex. So she did the, her AMD's very first opening keynote at the International Press Conference at Computex. 
And she basically revealed a bunch of new information from top to, on top to bottom product lineup. So we have uh, some new details on Epic. She showed, you know, back at CES, uh, or maybe earlier in the year, might not have been CES, they, sh they showed a single uh, second gen Epic, the Rome processor, uh, outperforming one of Intel's top end Xeons. This time around, they did a 2P setup. So two Rome processors, I believe, with 128 cores total. I don't remember the exact configuration versus uh, two Intel Xeon 8280. So Intel's top Cascade Lake 28 core processors, not dual 56 core processors. So two 28 core processors. And the, uh, the Rome setup was twice as fast. So that was massive. Then there was also some news on Navi. So Navi is going to arrive in July, this is the next gen GPU architecture. Um, the cores are totally redesigned. So most of AMD's few previous generation GPUs, the actual execution units are based on GCN, Graphics Core Next. These are being labeled uh, RDNA, Radeon DNA. So new cores, um, completely redesigned for efficiency and performance. And what we know so far is the first cards to arrive are going to be in the Radeon RX 5700 series. So those early rumors were wrong about that 3080 number. And the chip that Dr. Sue showed on stage, she did not reveal pricing, and it's tough to see just how big the die is, but it looks kind of small, uh, was faster than a Radeon, I'm sorry, than a GeForce RTX 2070. So that's interesting because the rumors were Navi is going to be a mainstream part. So there's a possibility AMD is going to severely undercut NVIDIA in terms of pricing. And we could have some really killer high performance GPUs at, at a mainstream price point. It's not going to take on the very high end from NVIDIA. But, you know, if you can get 2070 like performance for, let's say, 400 bucks, I think people would be psyched. And then some really exciting processor announcements. So um, the Ryzen 3000 series, so actual Zen 2 chips, uh, she killed it with this stuff. I think everybody's excited about these processors. Uh, AMD announced, she showed three on stage. They announced five from a Ryzen 5 3600 on up to a Ryzen 9 3900X. Uh, the base price point, 199 The top 12 core, which is going to work in socket AM4. That's important to note. 12 cores, 24 threads, only 105 watts, 4.6 gigahertz boost frequency, 70 megs of cache. 70 megs of cache, only 499 <laughs> So the demo on stage showed this chip outperforming an $1,100 Intel 12-core processor. And that in, that 12-core processor is, you know, an HEDT. It requires an X299 platform. This is AMD's yeah. mainstream platform, not the Threadripper replacement. You know, and then you have the 3800X is an 8-core 16-thread, um, 4.5 gigahertz boost. That's also a 105-watt processor. But the 3700X, 8 cores, 16 threads, boost at 4.4, 36 megs of cache, it's only 65 watts and $329. That's nuts. And then, yeah. you know, another important note, two more important notes. All of these things are PCI Express 4 compliant, PCI Express 4 enabled, I should say. And so I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, so here's the thing to note. Ryzen 9 3900X, 12 cores, 24 threads, but those chiplets are eight cores in each chiplet. So theoretically, we could have a 16-core processor, 16-core 30 yeah. in socket AM4. And now we have yeah. Ashen asking, do 12 cores matter in gaming? Um, yes and no. So one of AMD's product managers, Robert Halleck on LinkedIn, actually boldly said that these processors have the fastest single thread performance. Not parity, he said fastest. So that's important for gaming. But all of that cache allows more data to be closer to the processor. So even though all the cores may not be utilized, all that cache would help. And as more games start using more threads, those extra cores will help. It also helps. Now, this is something that's lost on lots of people that everybody forgets. You don't need a single app to use all of those threads. Every process running in the background on a system is using a thread. So if you have stuff running in the background on your machine, having those extra cores can make the the experience better and have less slowdowns, less hiccups, less stuttering, stuff like that. So 
really, really yeah. good stuff. That you know, and that's that's what occurs to me with this with this platform. Um, it's impressive as heck, not only in terms of its performance, but the system resources that are involved in the power envelope uh, that they're in. I mean, you've got a 12 core, 24 thread processor with 70 megs of cache at 105 watts. And I mean, that's just freaking fantastic. Then you throw in PCI Express 4, okay, 40 lanes of PCI Express 4 now. So at 499, the price point's great. So you've got cost and power efficiency, which in silicon is the is the freaking name of the game, baby. That's it. You know, when you talk about silicon, it's cost and power, performance uh, per watt, and cost. And so, you know, that's what we're talking. About. They're talking about you know IPC parity, but in in some cases, certainly with a twelve core pr uh, processor with a big fat cache like that, you, there's efficiencies. Uh, of scale that come into play. And that's what Robert Halleck was talking about you know, where he's going to, you know, it's going to have the fastest IPC, the fastest multi-core performance on the market. Kind of believe it based on the specs. Want to see it for myself. Um, I don't think he'd make that claim publicly and not be able to back it up. He's a pretty straight laced guy. He's a good guy. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's impressive as heck, right? Like, and, and the price points, even more exciting. <laughs> so, yes. Good now, stuff. if I if I were to play devil's advocate, so fifteen percent IPC uplift, awesome. Uh, double the cash, double the floating point. So clearly, going to be a compute powerhouse. Definitely dollar for dollar. Having that separate I/O die is going to. I'm going to bet the farm we're going to see some anomalous performance in some applications because you know with with the current Ryzen mainstream Ryzen processors memories attached directly to the CPUs, to the CPU die. Now you have these, you know, uh, core dies attached via Infinity Fabric to an IO die, which has the memory controller. So now there's a hop in there. It's probably gonna add latency. Maybe not, maybe there's some new secret mojo in there that they haven't discussed yet. I'll know in a few weeks. Um, I might be completely wrong, but there's a possibility that now, like we saw originally, if something had to jump from, from one core to another in Threadripper, that would happen on this 12-core processor. Something would have to go from chiplet to IO die to chiplet. Mm. There's possibility for some weird stuff, but we'll see. I'm still psyched about it. Um, really looking forward to it. I know we're running long, so I should shut my mouth. But yeah, you know, I, bottom line, AMD killed that Computex keynote. I, everybody's talking about AMD right now. The yeah, stock yeah. shot and up like crazy. Yeah, and I think it makes sense when you talk about the, when you talk about the stock. It's it, you're talking about it's in, in CPUs on the desktop and in the data center. You're talking about market share that that bites into Intel. Chris, let's have you chime in real quick on this with your thoughts. And uh, I'm impressed as as heck to to hear also as well that Navi is going to compete with a RTX 2070. Actually, slightly faster is what the claim was. We'll see it. You know, believe it when we see it. But impressive that they've they've hit that watermark, which is good. Um, Chris, what are your, what are your thoughts? I, I think AMD? it's time to, uh, retire my Skylake. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's good stuff for sure. Uh, AMD seems to be firing on all cylinders right now. I want to see Navi. I want to see how they execute with that. Um, let's, uh, let's move on real quickly. And, uh, John, I don't know how much extra time you got for us, but I do want to get, move on to Qualcomm. Uh, Qualcomm shows Snapdragon 8CX smacking an Intel Core i5 around in PC Mark, and that's a benchmark that we're very uh, familiar with here at HotHardware.com. They actually have a new build of it that is ARM native. Chris, what do you know about this uh, Snapdragon 8CX, which is perhaps the new engine of thin and light laptops? Who knows? Yeah, so uh, Qualcomm is making this comparison to the uh, Core i5-8250U, which is a very capable uh, chip we saw last year. Um, and I, th I think it is something that when I was with, with Arm in Austin, uh, when they were talking about their designs, they were kind of hinting at this as a target for performance. So I'm definitely not surprised to see Qualcomm now come out and say that they've achieved it, because um, because ARM was very clear that they were they 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 all but named the Core i5 as their target in 
and and they wanted to beat it on performance parity with uh, less than half or maybe a quarter of the actual area of the chip. Um, so I'm not surprised by this by any means, um, but it is very nice to see the confirmation now, and especially with the optimizations um, with native uh, processing on Windows. Right. Um, so I think I think that adds a lot of confidence in looking at Qualcomm-powered notebooks, um, always on notebooks moving forward. I, I know Intel's also really wanting to target that always on long battery life kind of market. So it's going to create a very interesting competition there that if you had told us, you know, three years ago that Intel was going to be competing with Qualcomm on, on you know, mobile computers on a serious level, we may have thought you were crazy, but here we are. Um, so I think it's a, a very, very exciting thing to say. So so the specific tests they were looking at um, in PC Mark 10, uh, the overall score was edging out um, the 8250U by a couple hundred points. Not every subset was on parity. The Excel score, sub score was... Uh, 500 points or so below the Intel chip. Um, PowerPoint was a little ahead. Word was a lot of bit ahead, about as almost a five, 600 point pickup over um, the Intel. And then the Edge browser also did very well on the Qualcomm chip. Um, then moving down into gaming with the Night Raid benchmark, which is again, the lighter version of the DirectX 12 benchmark that has been recently released. Um, we're seeing a very big uh, performance uplift over what the 8250U and its UHD 620 graphics um, can offer. And there is a little caveat to, you know, uh, to compare on these because the Qualcomm system was actually running a newer update of Windows 10 with the May 2019 update while the Intel-based one was on the Windows 10 October 2018 update. Um, we shouldn't see too much difference performance-wise with that, but there could be some optimization differences here and there. We would expect um, Qualcomm to be more sensitive to that because Intel's already pretty well figured out. Um, but that is something to consider when you're looking at these numbers. Um, it would be nice if they were running the same version um, but overall, from, from a performance standpoint, from a non-X86 chip with Windows, it's great. And then, yeah. of course, moving down to the battery life, the, the Qualcomm chip is just crushing it with, you know, nearly nearly double the battery life in all tests. Um, so yeah. it's a lot more power efficient. You're getting a lot more, uh, a lot more time away from the charger. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's an impressive platform. Um, it's early. Uh, I'm actually testing a, a, a white book prototype right now for Qualcomm. I can't say too much about it. I can tell you when it's in standard applications, Windows, um, Office applications, um, other things that are certainly native. It just mm -hmm. feels like a regular laptop. This thing's got eight gigs of RAM. It's got a I think a 512 gig NVMe SSD. It does have NVMe on board, by the way, supports NVMe and up to eight channel memory, I believe. Um, so yeah, it, it feels very much like, um, you know, a standard, you know, course Intel core series laptop performance wise, but it has that absolute power sipping Qualcomm Snapdragon chip on there. And so battery life is just like, forget about it. like literally forget about it so impressive yeah. stuff it's in the making the folks at qualcomm will have to see how that uh transpires in the weeks ahead uh they're still still um baking that uh that uh chip a little bit or at least the platform but i think you're going to start seeing the snapdragon 8cx series of product um populating some some new laptop SKUs. Uh, this year in the not so distant future. So keep a keep a lookout for that. Check hothardware.com hot hardware for our future coverage. I do want to mention one quick honorable mention that you should check out my Pixel 3a XL review. Google Pixel 3a XL. Here's the phone and uh, for for 490 479 actually for the XL variant. Uh, screens blowing out the screen. Sorry. Um, this is one of the best values in Android smartphones in the market currently. Um, performance wise, 
It's got a Snapdragon 670 on board, so not top end. I won't get too deep into it here because we got to wrap, but performance-wise, feels great. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, your average smartphone experience. If you're a heavy-duty gamer, you might be missing that uh, Snapdragon 855 or, or uh, 845 engine uh, for things like gaming, but the average mainstream user, I don't think you're going to miss it. And it still has that absolutely fantastic Pixel 3 camera on board. One of the best values in Android smartphones in the market, the uh, the Google Pixel 3a and Pixel 3a XL, also excellent battery, excellent battery life, came in second, I think, in, of all time of all of our battery tests with Android phones. 3,700 milliamp hour battery, I believe, and that uh, power sipping Snapdragon 670 processor. So check it out. If you want a, an inexpensive Android phone unlocked, good stuff. Um, and that, I think that's a wrap. Uh, I think I will we'll just mention a couple things in the chat. Craig, Craig Dieter says, yeah, I think I'll be grabbing an X570 board for that PCI Express 4 goodness. Plus, I'll be able to reuse my EK water blocks. All good stuff. Folks are excited about AMD. Folks are excited about uh, Intel. Folks are excited about Qualcomm, man. We get, we're, we're living large here in the tech scene. So make sure you stop by hothardware.com for all our reviews. We'll drop some links in the description here. Uh, for the show notes so you can point to all these articles if you want to check them out in further detail stop by hothardware.com on the web where you can find us youtube.com slash hot hardware where you're hopefully looking at us here hit thumbs up subscribe and the reminder bell so you get notified wednesdays at seven o'clock twitter.com slash hot hardware facebook.com slash hot hardware we're everywhere and thanks for joining us thanks for stopping by good